0: And welcome to episode 12 of Life Wives for Life, a conversational podcast where three best friends talk about life and stuff and their fish. Yay! Yay! Now, Lindsay, keeper of the numbers, this is episode 12, kind of, correct? Yes,
1: correct. Because for some reason, we think that we can keep track of ourselves when we go out of order because we'll be like, it's totally fine. We'll be fine. And then obviously not.
2: So how, did that, had,
1: how does that work out <laughs> we, it doesn't work out very well um we do have a good chunk of backlog um that will obviously be up before this one is but um there's two episodes eights, two episode eights. yeah uh, and you'll if you pay attention you'll probably hear us say episode eight and then episode seven and then episode eight again
2: yeah and, uh, and then Halloween
1: episode 11 episode, which <laughs> did go up well, 11 so in it, did you take it out that said episode eleven?
2: I didn't take anything out, but we weren't—we didn't have a big conversation about the fact that it but was number eleven. Was number
1: so, eleven. Yeah. Uh, so Key that one, listeners. After episode seven, the first one, I think. So we're all out of order. <laughs> we're all out of order, but it's not really that important anyway. Except uh, for me,
0: because I'm OCD and it bothers me. Um, not so much the being out of order, like with the Halloween, cause that makes sense, because it was important, because it was yes. Halloween. We wanted to put the Halloween episode out. You're welcome, listeners. Um, but the oddity of having two number eights, that like that eats away at my soul. So <laughs> well, you could start. We are taking starting milk. now. I am. That's why I've got my trusty four colored pen. Yeah, but do you put the stuff up on the website? no no i do not have those skills (laughs) but that's okay because starting today when we are recording this podcast episode 12 Yep. We're going to be correct with our numbering It's
1: our, It's our November New Year's goal.
2: Well, this might come out <laughs> around New Year's, so hey, you never know. Oh,
0: it's, it's true. It's yeah. true. Oh, okay. going to be our New Year's resolution. And all of you listeners, you can hold us accountable. Yep. Or not, because For... I'm probably the only one who cares. Probably. <laughs>
1: Sarah, what are we talking about today?
2: We're talking about kids' books today. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. Yay.
1: Yes, we are following up from episode 10 Ooh. when we recommended um, children's books to each other. Yes. yes. Yes.
0: So we have all read each other's books. I have not reread my own book because uh, you, I, one of you has it. I
2: have it. And I finished <laughs> um, it not that I long. did not
1: reread my book because I had read it in June
2: something. Right. I don't know. Recently.
1: I and did. There, re- did you reread
0: your
2: book? I did because I literally had not read it since I'm gonna say like 2002. So Ooh. yeah, I did. Thanks. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, who would like to go first? Which book should we talk about first? Rather,
2: Let's talk about Nicole's book first.
0: My book. Yay. So my book was, and again, a similar, actually, I probably haven't reread it in even longer than you,
1: Sarah,
0: with your book. Um, But I just remember feeling really personally connected to it. It was Walk Two Moons by Sharon Creech.
2: What did you guys think? I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. It felt like a book... And I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without it sounding bad because I don't mean it at all in a bad way because I really like reading yeah. these books but like it felt like a book that my teacher heard about at a teacher day and encouraged us to read <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes yep. I understand that it was given to me by my mother who
1: is a teacher yes. <laughs> so that might Did be where it? it came from at a scholastic book fair? yeah
2: yeah Man, that so was the, the best. best.
1: You get all yeah. of the books, and then you get your
0: kitten poster. Oh. So good. Or even when you got the Scholastic like catalog, given mm-hmm. to in yes. class, and you just got to like it's circle great. the books you oh. want. Man, that was the best. So Why don't we get those as adults?
1: I don't know. I want a book fair. Oh. Yeah. someday. someday. Um, well, Linz, I just want a think. Kindle fair, but also a kitten poster. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Linz what did you think? Yeah.
1: Uh, I liked it, too. It was... um, A lot of what I was reading, I was like, if I had read this when I was 14, I would have just, like, freaking loved it. Yeah. It's the kind of book that I would have just absolutely been obsessed with. Yeah. 14 or 12 or whatever. It's very similar. Not similar in any way, but I guess the way that it would have affected me to, I guess, Wrinkle in Time and um, Handful of Time and
2: other time books. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think (laughs) it was, like... Kids being treated like how kids think adults are treated. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. she felt like so not she was... actually how adults are treated. No, <laughs> she felt like she was given a lot of responsibility for her age and independence for her age. But yeah, it's that's not the real way that adults are treated. It's the way that kids are treated in books, basically. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. protagonist kids, anyways, are treated in books. Yeah, definitely yeah no yeah. i like i liked it i would totally recommend it to like a 12 year old maybe is that about the right age i don't know is it maybe that's yeah. too young 12 to 14 yeah, yeah i think yeah. so
0: yeah. i think that was probably around the age where i read it and i know i certainly went back to it a, like when i was 16 or so i'd read it before and then i remember yeah. like really going back to it when i was 16 and feeling, you know, as all sixteen year olds do, alone in the world. Yeah. No oh, one
1: understands No one understands me. Understand me <sighs> Adam Eddington. <laughs> he would understand me if he wasn't fictional. Mm. Yeah.
2: So yeah I'm very
0: happy that you guys both liked it. Yeah. Um Lindsay, would you also recommend it? I would. Yay. Definitely. Hooray. Excellent. I'm glad.
2: Yay. Yay, yay, yay.
0: Sarah, let's talk
1: about your
2: book. Okay, my book was called Haroon and the Sea of Stories by Salman Rushdie. And I did not read it as a child. If you might remember from that episode, I read it in university in a children's lit class. Um, So yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Lindsay? I really liked it. It The beginning was a little
1: bit not slow, but like maybe too fast. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's been a while now since I've read it, but it was like, I couldn't really figure out what was going on
2: Yeah, like until
1: enough. they went away, which yeah. is part in the real world. And I was just like, what? What? And then it was great. I had some like, Lynn, what are you doing?
0: I thought I was going to see.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I got some like, lynn vibes especially when um his father was like on point with his storytelling yeah i don't know because i just like to think about lynn i don't know um sounds creepy and yeah i really liked it it was fascinating and the imagery was incredible yeah yeah Mm
0: I, too, really liked it. Um, as I said before the podcast, I was going to have a hard time talking about it because I couldn't pronounce really anybody's names except for Mr. Butt, yep. <laughs> which was fun. <laughs> um, and sometimes that can be a deterrent for me in books because I get tripped up on it while I'm trying to read. Mm. But I found myself so engrossed in the story. Similarly Lindsay, once like, the imaginative part of the yeah. story yeah, started... Totally. I just, I didn't care that I couldn't pronounce pretty much anything that was happening or like the places or the names or anything I was, I was in and it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And I really liked the sort of significance of what was going on in the fictitious part of the story. Well, it's, I know it's a fictional story, but in like the imagination mm-hmm. part of the story and how that all continued to relate back to what was is it Harun? Is that how we would? Pronounce yeah, I think his, name?
2: his name's Harun.
0: Harun's yeah. real world. Yeah, and how all of this was kind of going on in his mind, but it was it was such an interesting take on what was, it, or at least so relevant to what was going on in his world. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was really
2: cool. Yeah, I just I always really liked it because it was sort of that Alice in Wonderland, those kind mm-hmm. of books, but it wasn't all. Like it was obviously influenced by Western imagery, but there was like more world building than just, yeah, like Alice, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah definitely,
2: yeah. So it was interesting.
1: So, can you talk about? I think we covered it before, but why he wrote this book because he doesn't write children's books.
2: Um, so he has kids, mm-hmm. and I think I don't think he like wrote it to explain to his kids, but I think he wrote it from, because it came out once his kids were, like, older, I think. I don't know. Um, so Salman Rushdie um, is a Islamic writer and has, has had, I'm not sure if he still has, basically, like, the Iranian government has like a bounty on his head, essentially, oh. for things that he has written. Um, yeah. So um, he's not allowed to go back there. Like he's, back. he's lived in the UK for a long time and he lived in the UK when he wrote the book. But, um, yeah, like I don't, I'm not super still up on all the details, but basically for things that he wrote, he has, and like people who are of like, want to stay in that faith and that as like in the good graces of the country and stuff are not allowed to associate with him officially. So mm. like, yeah, but just, just because of a no- like a fictional novel that he wrote, it's not even anything yeah. that he wrote about like against a specific government. It was a piece of fiction that he wrote. So and it wasn't this one. No, no, no. It was um, no okay. Uh, the famous Salman Rushdie book.
1: Ah, okay. That was Satanic
2: Verses. That's the one. <laughs> He's written two really really famous novels for adults: Satanic Verses and Midnight Children. But I'm pretty sure it was Satanic Verses because it talked. It basically talked about. Um, people or, like, characters from religious texts as if they were fictional characters and not necessarily in the best mm. light. It was my understanding yeah. of things. So, yeah. So it was sort of taking that experience and trying to explain to his children, you know, why they didn't go back to Iran and stuff.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. But he, like, his, he had his children when he was in the UK. Like, they're not, they weren't born there or So, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a really cool thing and like a neat way to talk to kids about the power of storytelling and the power of language and the importance of it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super yeah. cool.
0: I really liked the idea that there is a sea of
1: stories. Yeah.
2: And Ooh.
0: that like storytellers are are chosen mm-hmm. because I, th- I think storytelling is such an incredible gift that people have whether they're given it or, or whatever you want to believe I think it's an incredible talent yeah that people have and I really really loved that idea that there is this magical place where you know if you're worthy of it then you get uh, an invisible tap to the yeah. sea of stories and you're <laughs> you're given those access and I thought that was really cool yeah it's yeah it's
1: cool. one of those awesome ways that you love that um when a book explains something like that, I just had thought of another one that was a good example, and now I'm totally blank on it, so good job, me. But <laughs> yeah. I like that because then you're like, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. This could work as to how this is. Yeah. Sure.
2: Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Very cool. All right. And then Lindsay's book. Yeah. Yes.
1: Lindsay, tell us about your book. So this was Afterworlds by Scott Westerfield, Westeringfield, West Westerfeld, something like that. Um, so it was a little bit older. Yeah, I think age probably more range. YA. Yeah, and yeah, I it was recommended to me by our friend, the children's author, Stacey Masson, as um, a book that had just uh, just recently come out then, and she said it was really good, so I got it. And I loved it. I think I've read it bringing these 3 times now. Yeah. Find it just like again, it's one of those crazy world-building. Both worlds are really well done.
2: Yeah. I liked it a lot. I finished it very recently and just yeah, I was completely engaged by it. Just the the back and forth and the parallels that get drawn between the 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 story of the novelist and then the story of the story that she's writing. Yeah. And like the story of her trying to rewrite it while you're in the middle of reading it was really yeah, fun to read. Yeah. It's super yeah. fascinating.
0: I re- I've i read it before. So I had read it, I think basically at the same time that you read it for the first time, lens and mm-hmm. rereading it. Now I found her story, like what was actually happening to her was just as engaging and just as interesting yeah. to me, whereas the story she was writing, like the mystery, yeah. to, I think, because I knew where that was going, was a little bit less so, but
2: yeah.
0: I got different things out of it, knowing where the mystery was going to go. Yeah.
2: yeah. totally. And I liked it. Oh. So, right now is November that we are recording this, and she originally, as a high school student, wrote the book as a NaNoWriMo, like National Novel Writing Month, write a novel in 30 days. They don't specifically refer to NaNoWriMo, but it's if you know what you're looking for. (laughs) Um, And having participated a couple times in NaNo and um, not read anything that good (laughs) or that I would (laughs) want other people to ever read. It was just, it was really cool. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I really liked, I think, um, both of them, both the teenage protagonists, um, were great for identifying with, especially if you were a teenager when you read it. Yeah. But they were so
2: different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good yeah. job, everybody. Good job. Good Hooray! Birthday. Yay!
0: So since we were talking about children's books, um, since we enjoy also shedding a little light on our beautiful country of Canada in this podcast, we pulled together some information about some of the most well-known and some of our favorite Canadian children's authors. So, Lindsay, who is your favorite Canadian children's author?
1: I don't know. It's super hard. I would have to go with picking two from different ages because child is a very long stream, <laughs> And I would say um, Kit Pearson and Robert Munch.
2: Mm, those are good
1: picks. Those are very good picks.
0: We will come back to those. Okay. Sarah, who's yours?
2: Um, so I, I had a strong guess of what Lindsay was going to pick because I would have also <laughs> picked Kit Pearson. But I'm going to go for like right in the middle of those age ranges probably is uh, Jean Little. It's also, really good, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. cool.
0: Mine, uh, I well, Robert Munch is just like he's Robert Munch, exactly. He, he's had such an impact on pretty much every Canadian child's life. Uh, I think he does get a class all his own. And while I was searching for articles on famous Canadian authors or like top 10 or top whatever Canadian authors, there was not one article that I found that didn't have Robert Munch listed as number one. (laughs) Um, So I have some fun facts to share about him afterwards. But in terms of probably the Canadian author and actually just the children's author who shaped my childhood the most, it would be Carol Mattis. I don't
1: know
0: who that is. I don't know
2: who that is either.
0: I didn't think you guys would because she's from Winnipeg
2: Um, and she's
0: not as well known as At least her name isn't as well known as, you know, Kit Pearson. I freaking love Kit Pearson as well. um, And a lot of the other authors. In fact, I didn't even see her really pop up on a bunch of the articles that I was looking at. But she wrote primarily Holocaust fiction
1: starring
0: teenagers. (laughs) And that was my jam. That was the exact (laughs) kind of book that I was... Uh, attracted to as a teenager, because basically, I think as we've discussed before, when you are a child, and you really is a child, because you learn about World War Two at least we did, in like grade three or four, like yeah. really young.
1: Real young. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe the basics. I remember like digging into it in grade eight. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of learn that it's a thing that happened. Yeah, that it existed. Yeah.
0: And... When I learned about the Holocaust, I was shocked and saddened and then fascinated. Mm -hmm. What is that? Why? (laughs) Why? I read, like, probably not exaggerating, like, 30 different fictional books that were set during the Holocaust time period, as well as any kind of nonfiction book, you know, like Diaries Anne Frank, and there's a a number of other diaries that are published that are less well-known, um... Because that's, I just wanted to learn about it. And Carol Mattis wrote, I'm trying to see if I can actually find out exactly how many, but well over 10 different fictional Holocaust books starring, again, primarily teenagers are told from the point of view of teenagers. Um, you two will probably recognize her most well-known, and it's definitely my favorite. It's called Daniel's Story. Do you know that? It was turned into a movie.
2: I'm just Googling the cover. Oh, no, that's
0: wrong. It was The Boy in the Striped Pajamas that was turned into a movie, um, which she didn't write. But Daniel's story, um, it's a just devastatingly sad and good book, as you kind of want all of your Holocaust (laughs) books to be. Yeah. Um, but it's also a lot shorter than a lot of the other novels that she read so you could read it in like a day and it's an excellent 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 book and i didn't know this until i started looking into her but it turns out that she was actually commissioned to write that book by the holocaust memorial museum in the states oh, cool. in washington dc awesome cool yeah but funnily enough it wasn't even though the holocaust is really what like made her one of the the most influential children's authors in my life. Uh, the very first book of hers that I read was not about the Holocaust, but she, you know, always chooses such for subject matter. It was about the witch burning trials in Salem. Yay! Oh, gracious. <laughs> and it was called The Burning Time. <laughs> and it was about a mother and daughter who were wrongly accused of witchcraft. And it was oh. also very sad. I bet. So,
2: yeah. I bet. But
0: there's something she just <laughs> always features female protagonists. Well, primarily features female protagonists, I should say. Uh, and they're always empowered, even though they're in these, like, really, really terrible, terrible historical situations. And I just, man, she just, like, hit me exactly where <laughs> I was supposed <laughs> to be hit at that time. And she was from Winnipeg, which was really cool. Nice. That's probably why I knew her so Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, Lindsay... Yes, because you
1: did live. Let's talk about Kip Pearson because we can come back to Robert Munch afterwards. Speaking of Holocaust, well, right.
2: Holocaust. not Holocaust, World, not War, World War II. II
1: though. It was World War II, but they were, had nothing to do with the Holocaust because they were in Canada. Yes, tell us about how awesome Kip Pearson is. She is awesome. I don't even remember when I read them because Elle, all of my teenage years are just a blur of books. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've also <laughs> read her books, I don't know, like a lot of million times. So there is the Children of War, is that what it's called? Yeah. The trilogy. Yeah. The yeah. Children of War trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, where the two of them go over, because they're like 14 and 8 or something at that point, and live with random people in Ontario? Yeah. I think so. It's definitely yes. Ontario. Um, and all of the, you know, trials and shenanigans of that. And that's like the first two books are from the girl's perspective, and then the last one is from the boy, the younger brother, and it's all, you know, again, female teenage protagonist falling in love and doing all the things and becoming a woman. <laughs> but not in a scandalous way, in the no. way that you can't do anything about.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then also the 40s and yeah. wartime and all yeah. the stuff, and it was fascinating. And then she had a I don't know what three standalone. I can... Pardon? Three, I think so. Probably more. Probably more, but like around our time, there was the daring yeah. game, handful of, time, oh, I love handful of time, and something else. I don't know.
2: Are you looking, sir? A... I'm looking oh. right now. Oh,
0: she did. It wasn't necessarily her, but actually, I have it in front of me, or it's underneath my iPad while we're talking to each other. Um, she had. This book that she put out when I think I don't remember what year it was, but it's called This Land, mm-hmm. and it oh god I love it so much because it's just like excerpts from mm. twenty some odd diff- other Canadian authors oh. who have written stories about Canada, and it takes oh, you cool. on a geographical journey across Canada, including the northern territories, um, which I'm sure get grossly <laughs> overlooked in literature, except for the um, cremation
1: of Sam McGee.
0: Yes. And in the foreword she wrote to this book, because she kind of just um, like she selected the authors and the pieces of the story she wanted to. In the foreword of the book, what she wrote was when she was a young girl growing up in Canada, there were only two books that she could find that were for her age that were set in Canada. Right.
2: right.
0: All the Anna Green Gables books and the Emily of Newman, like basically all of Montgomery's books yeah, and yeah. anything that Farley Mowat wrote. Right. And that was it.
2: So, <laughs> and it.
0: so she was sad that, you know, she could escape to all these other places, but she couldn't escape to her own country. And so that was what inspired her to write all of her books being set in Canada.
2: Very cool. Yeah, she's got a bunch of new books, like newer since we would have been of the age to read them, that I'm excited to look into. Hmm. That's I read I
0: one that came out a little while ago called "Nothing But the Truth" yeah. or "The Whole Truth" or something. There's along both. the lines of I what you it, say when you're swearing.
2: I think it's a se- I think it's like a sequel. What the first one's nothing, oh no, the whole truth, and then the sequel is "Nothing But the Truth."
1: I mm. read the first one.
2: It's about boarding school. Yeah, the,
1: the Daring Game is about boarding yeah. school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I read that in a long
2: time. And she's working on a third one
1: Hooray! called "So Help
2: Me God." Good job that's exciting
1: and it turns out
0: that the trilogy we were talking about that starts with the sky is falling which is such a good name for a
1: book
2: that's yeah. said in world
0: war ii uh it's called the guests of war guests trilogy. of War. i yes. know it wasn't
1: children. children yeah yeah children yeah. of war is that sad movie with clive owen yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome awesome author awesome <laughs> okay. books yes let's Hello, have man. a literature pause to discuss <laughs> the background
0: noise <laughs> yeah sorry um while we're recording this my wonderful husband is building me a bar hey he's Yay! building me a bar he's
2: building us a bar <laughs> he's building us
0: a bar uh he's also building himself a bar um yes. we have been in the you know wonderful world of home renovations since we moved into this house uh two and a half years ago three years know. ago something yeah. almost i don't know and <laughs> It's been fun, and we're almost done, which is really exciting. And we have been working on the basement, primarily, which will be turned into a bar space as soon as the bar Yay. is done. And Yay. he is working on that in the basement right now. So apologies for any weird sounds that you hear, lovely listener.
2: Good Yay. times, good times, Bars. good times.
0: Yeah. Sarah, tell us about your favorite author.
2: Okay, so... it already. well no, but about... Oh, about okay, right. so... Um, Jean Little is an author that I would say writes for, like, I think they call it middle grades now. Like, I would say, like, grade, I don't know, three to eight, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably her most, mm, her most famous books are probably Mind for Keeps and From Anna, which are both about children with disabilities. Um, Mind for Keeps, it, the girl has cerebral palsy, I think. And apparently there's a sequel for Mind for Keeps, which I don't believe I ever read. And then, um, and from Anna as well. I'm not super remembering. From Anna. Oh, it's a, a um, visually impaired girl, child who moves from Germany to Canada on the rise, on the eve of Hitler's rise to power in Germany. Oh. So, um, Holocaust and books. basically, <laughs> yeah. So, and Jean Little herself is blind um, and has been blind, I think, since she was, like, like, young, 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 but wasn't born blind. Um, And then she also wrote, um, like, a two-part autobiography, Little by Little and Stars Come Out Within, about her childhood and growing up and first getting to be a published writer and stuff. Um, And those are probably my favorites. Um, What other ones? Do I love... She's written... The, again, like, writes... Really focuses on writing books that take place in Canada. Um, and also just about... Um, a, like, in relatable situations. Like, nothing's too... Unusual. Just, like, the, a different time period. Um, I also really like... I'm just looking up the description because I'm bad at explaining... But, uh, different dragons is, so the description is, Ben isn't sure he wants to visit Aunt Rose while his parents and older brother are away. He doesn't like admitting it, but he's afraid of lots of things. Dogs, thunderstorms, new places, new people. Um, Aunt Aunt Rose turns out to be much nicer than Ben expected, but then she presents him with a birthday gift that terrifies him, a big Labrador retriever named Gully. How can Ben (laughs) tell her that he's afraid to even be in the same room with Gully? And how can he tell Hannah, his new friend? Like it's, they're really, really well-written books about just like simple things that you can understand. Um, yeah, she's written, she's just a really great writer and she's just, she's a lovely person as well. Um, because Canada's small, like I, I remember meeting her a couple times at library events and like, it just always made a big impact because she would bring her seeing eye dog at the time. Um, Obviously, like she's had many seeing eye dogs over the years because they don't work for that long, yeah. so yeah, I just like remember being probably like ten maybe, and being at the um not even like my local library, like a different local library nearby um yeah she's just she's just a great person that I really like and I think made a big impact in my life of especially um seeing people with disabilities as the people first and their disability, I don't know, 17th or 18th, like not even like necessarily thinking about it. Um, I had a good friend in like grade four, five, six, who was in a wheelchair because of, uh, a childhood, uh, illness. Like she had meningitis when she was young, so she wasn't able to walk. And like, I don't think, I don't know, maybe I would have, but I don't, I don't think that we would have been, friends without having read Jean Little? I don't know. Hmm. It's kinda of one of those weird things to think about. So yeah. yeah. Mm. I like Jean Little. She's cool.
0: the best. I've never read any of her stuff, but now you are making me want to.
2: Highly recommend. I would I would honestly start with her autobiographies. Okay. Um I don't think I still have any of them. But I might. Who knows? They might I be think. in storage. In my parents' storage. <laughs> we'll see. Alright. Are there any other notable Canadian children's authors that we missed off your big list there, Nicole? I'm sure there's well, yes. a, a million.
0: There is, of course, Robert Munch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what was your favorite Robert
2: Munch book? Paperback Princess.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lindsay? Um, well, Paperback Princess, I don't know if it's allowed to count. She could. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it Moira's Birthday Party? Yeah. Yeah. Grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, Yep. And kindergarten. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and this, and well, I have to go pee because you know it's written about me. Yep. Um, and the, snow suit, and the snowsuit. And also. And fifty below Fahrenheit. Yeah. Which is always confusing. Fifty below zero. Fifty below zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All of those ones.
0: Yeah. Um. Paperback princess for sure for me
2: yeah.
0: um also mortimer oh yeah I forgot about mortimer i am yeah. mortimer, you that are mortimer. definitely written <laughs> about me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course love you forever that book oh. is i think really it's heartbreaking it's it's well, so upsetting but I think it's also really important it's I know it's really important to me and my mom um hmm. and I think it's probably really important to a lot of moms and their children because yeah, I know I- it's a gift that usually gets given to new moms
1: our friend Kate has ruined it because it's so creepy When do you read it as an adult <laughs> were you not at that shower I think I
0: don't think that I was
2: she's left
0: but also don't ruin the book for me because it's really special <laughs> okay.
1: okay I'm sorry
2: um yeah and I, the weird thing is, though, that I think people who only know Robert Munch for that book are so surprised because his other books are like raucously like, so different, so different, yeah. and so funny, and so irreverent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's weird. I, yeah.
1: It's always weird to me also because the illustrator is different mm-hmm. um, yeah. that it's the same person. Like, I never yeah. really believed it. And, like, America only knows I'll Love You Forever.
2: They don't know yeah. any of the other ones. Which is um, so sad, Yeah. Which is just And
0: there's so, so many. Oh, the fire station one.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah. that one's so awesome. Um, and the mud puddle. in oh, the, the Wind. So Finally, yeah.
0: so I was looking into Robert Munch while I was going through Canadian authors. And here's something you maybe didn't know about Robert Munch he is not born Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Scandal.
2: He lives in Guelph. He was actually
0: <laughs> born in the States and then moved to Canada during his university time. So, like, oh. super later in life, uh, but only started publishing. Once he was in Canada, and mm. that's when he got his Canadian citizenship. And the very first book that he published in 1980 was that me. That was a weird sound.
2: I didn't hear any weird sounds.
0: No,
2: no. I think okay. it was Sarah. Then moving.
0: Um, there. I'll say that again. Uh, his very first book, which was published in 1980, was Mud
1: Puddle. Oh. Oh. So it was like right before us, which is why yeah, like we I was grew up with all
2: of them. them. Yeah. My. My dad's aunt lived in Guelph and so always took great pride in giving Robert Munch books to all the the children's. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Good stuff.
0: Uh, and I'm on Robert Munch's website right now and it mm-hmm. looks like he recently wrote a book called Moose. And I feel mm-hmm. like we should all read that because the cover <laughs> just has a big moose on Excellent. it. And I'm pretty excited.
2: <laughs> I like it. Yay, both.
0: So in terms of other Canadian authors that I was looking um, into, there were really just a few that... I mean, we talked a little bit about um, Lucy Maud Montgomery, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably the other Canadian author that people do know because they know yes. Anna Green Gables, and that's what everybody thinks Canada is. Yep.
1: Don't Although, get me wrong,
0: I do love her books.
1: <laughs> yes. I was reading... Something. Oh, book and move best movie adaptations for books, and oh, uh, E W. Like, come on now, because they listed like the 1930 version of oh, Anne of man. Green Gables or something. I'm like, what
2: is wrong CBC with CBC? One
1: that's very wrong. Obviously, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> you've never seen the definitive Anne of Green Gables? Yeah. Nothing holds a candle. Ugh. Uh, <sighs> you know. no. Anyway, back to your story. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Um, yeah, Ooh.
0: yeah. I did not know that this particular. I don't. I don't think that you would recognize her name. Her name is Paulette Bourgeois. Nope. Um, so the, the name does not seem to ring a bell to either of you. I don't think I would have recognized her name as a Canadian author. However, I was super stoked to learn that the series of books that you will recognize that she wrote is Canadian. She writes all of the Franklin books. Oh, yeah. I did not. I had know. no idea. No. So Franklin is Canadian.
2: Good job, Franklin. So
0: that was kind of fun. Do you guys remember Eric Walters, who wrote Camp X,
2: which is another World War II? (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: It's probably um, because I switched from my Holocaust phase right into my reading about teenagers who dying of cancer phase, (laughs) which was like 20 years before Fallen Our Stars came out, so the book quality was way worse.
2: Mm. But still, my mom was like, What's wrong with you? I switched to epic fantasy probably at the time that you were having your Holocaust face based on our age difference. (laughs)
0: That's true. Uh, Well, Camp X is an awesome book about two brothers from Ontario who discover a top secret spy camp during
1: World War II.
0: It was really good. Um, There is another, this is probably past our time, but to um, some of our listeners who may have children, they may know this Canadian children's author, Dennis Lee, wrote the very popular book of children's poems alligator pie
2: yeah no those were huge at our house yeah they're older than you think they are
0: oh okay um and then there was another canadian novelist who wrote a book that i just really liked the name of and she's considered an Mm up-and-comer um it is called spork and it's the story of a spork excellent yeah who's nice. just like really confused because he doesn't know what he is what he
1: is oh no yeah. identity crisis yeah Oh no. um
0: so that was really quite cute and i read a little bit about it on the internet and i was like that's really adorable that is adorable uh, um and then there was also i don't know if you guys would have remembered her or not deborah
2: ellis it sounds really familiar she was
0: also big into the World War II. I don't know why so many Canadian authors write books about World War II. I don't um, know. But that's a good. But she also wrote a um, book about a missing girl and another young girl trying to solve the mystery of that missing girl.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Oh,
1: sure.
0: um, and then we have to mention, uh, of course, the author of The Hockey Sweater, Robert oh, Carrier. Yeah. Yeah. Because that might be up there with infamy sure. in yes, terms like of, like, the
2: most Paper Bag
0: Princess and The Hockey Sweater. Every yep. single elementary school in Canada has those two books in their so library. 100% true story. Probably multiple copies Yes, I have of, one them. of them. And what I didn't know is that Rock Carrier also wrote a sequel to The Hockey Sweater. I think I've heard, heard about that. Called The Boxing Champion. Oh.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I have not read it. Uh, mm-hmm. That was all that I saw.
1: Um,
0: and then we also do have our friend Stacey Matson, who is a new Canadian children's author, um, like young adult author, and she's awesome and her books are awesome. She wrote the Year in the Life of a Total and Complete Genius series and they're great. So I thoroughly good. enjoyed
1: them. Hooray!
0: Yay. Yeah! So yay Canada for turning out some really excellent authors, a number of whom, as it turns out, are
1: women. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Oh, team. Job. Good job all, all right. right well speaking of women authors who write <laughs> the definitive children's books let's move on to our adventures with charlie Yay. so nicole, nicole do you want to share these this is a two part adventure Yes. happened within one year and another year tell yes. us nicole
0: they they fall in the literary theme because um charlie's favorite series of books as well as all of our favorite series of books and i just saw that Lindsay is actually drinking from a <laughs> mug that depicts this series right now <laughs> is harry potter Yay! 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 um charlie loves harry potter well of course he does yeah of course he does and so charlie and of course us by extension, Mm -hmm. we're all really, really excited to go to two places. Charlie has been to Harry Potter Wizarding World in Orlando, if that's what it's called. The part of Universal Studios that has been turned into the Harry Potter Wizarding World. Now, this was before the construction was done. I'm really jealous of anyone who's been there recently, because when Charlie and the three of us went to the Wizarding World (laughs) and Universal Studios Orlando, uh, we were just in the Diagon Alley. No, sorry, the Hogsmeade. That's what it was. We were just in Hogsmeade and Hogwarts Hogwarts was there. Now, this should not take anything away from that experience no i'm really jealous that now there's a diacon alley and you can actually and take hogwarts the
2: hogwarts, hogwarts express yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really
0: too.
2: the hogwarts it express
0: because going to hogwarts <laughs> yep was like a really <sighs> emotional experience for all of us yep um and everything about that day that we spent in Hogsmeade and Hogwarts was just magical and that's <laughs> the only word that there really is to <laughs> use for it, it but so Charlie got to taste butterbeer mm-hmm. and he got to go and try and find all of the chocolate frogs
2: oh,
1: yeah. and he got
0: to ride the ride in Hogwarts
1: and... yeah that was um when he was sticking out of my cargo pant pocket because we yes. couldn't have bags Uh, oh great but he
0: still came and so we became face to face with a dragon (gasps) and also he got snowed on because snowed
1: (laughs) yeah it was funny for me (laughs) (laughs) because there were too many emotions too many
0: emotions Um, so that was really, really awesome. But it was not Charlie's only Harry Potter-themed adventure because oh. Charlie also came with Lindsay and I to in jolly old England, where he got to go to the Harry Potter studios in Leeds. I think it's in Leeds. Well, well I just says London here. I don't know. Mm. Somewhere on the outskirts of London, there I think it's in Leeds, is where all the Harry Potter- films were filmed and they have the this massive massive studio tour that you can go on which is one of the coolest things that i've personally ever done
1: (laughs) yeah plus you have to take the train like it's the normal london train but it's still a train to hogwarts and (laughs) And then you also
0: get to get on a double-decker bus like the night bus from the train stop to the actual studio. There, right when you get to the studio, there's life-size wizard chess pieces, like, larger than life-size, actually, wizard chess pieces, like, guarding the entrance to the studio. It's so cool!
2: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> and one day, you will go, Sarah. It's and You true. will take Charlie again, and it'll be awesome.
2: It yeah. will be excited. Yay!
1: Yay, yeah. Charlie! That was a good time. Yeah.
0: So we will share some pictures of Charlie's adventures... In his various wizarding worlds.
2: Mm-hmm. Yay. Woohoo. Yay, yay, yay.
0: So, ladies, right. I think that brings us to the end of our podcast, except mm-hmm. that we need to make recommendations to you, the listener.
1: Hooray. Yay. So we picked a little odd thing. I think it's just because of the time of year and also because it was snowing. We picked your favorite thing to do. To celebrate Christmas before it's too early to celebrate Christmas. Which sounds strange. <laughs> especially since this will come out in on New Year's, probably.
0: Oh, I thought we were doing the kids' books.
1: No, we changed it, remember? We can do both.
0: No, there's never mind. <laughs> I thought
1: okay. we went from the Christmas thing to the kids' books. Okay, well then let's just... I don't have a kids' book. <laughs> you go first and I'll think of something.
2: We're doing either or. or Either or, or no, both. that's just... Ugh... <laughs> uh. I have one of okay. each because that's what I thought was happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're adorable. <laughs> um, okay, start again. Yes, and let's do kids' books. Kay. Okay. Go for it, Lindsay. I don't. What did I say? Recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So we will be recommending more kids' books, but to you this time. So then, yay, it's easy that we can all have read them. So it's okay. <laughs> um, Sarah,
2: go first. Um, so, mine is one that I really like. It's an animal kid's book, but a novel, and it is Silverwing by Kenneth Opal. Um, and it's about bats, and it's amazing. And he's also a Canadian author, I just realized. Oh, really? So, um,
0: I think I've read that. It's awesome.
2: It is great. He has written. A few books about bats. Silverwing, I think, is the best. I'm just going to read a little brief synopsis. So it was published in 1997. It tells the story of a colony of silverwing bats. The tone and artistic ambition of the series of bestsellers has been compared to the classic animal novel Watership Down. Mm, That is not really telling me about Mm -hmm. the plot. Anyways. It follows the story of a young silverwing named uh, Shade, who's the runt of the colony, and he's really clever and resourceful and um, a really cool thing. And I, I don't know, I debate like telling people this before they read it or after they read it, but because bats don't see color very well, the whole book is told in like shades of gray. Hmm. there's no mention of color. So yeah, go read Silverwing. Highly recommend it's like a hundred pages. Yeah. You could do it in an afternoon. <laughs> awesome, excellent. Who's next?
0: Um, I will go next because I am recommending one of uh, the first in a very long series of one of my favorite children's series, and I recently, I think last year, went back and reread all of them. There's like fourteen, but they're broken into small series so you could just read like this series of four but then it's connected to this other series of four and this other one so they're all written by tamora pierce and Mm -hmm. um the very first one and that series of four novels is also probably my favorite of all of the books that she's written in this universe that she's created it's kind of medieval fantasy style because it's that sort of era but with magic And the first book is called Alanna, the First Adventure, A-L-A-N-N-A. And it's in the series, The Song of the Lioness. And it is about a young girl who decides that she wants to be a knight. And she's going to go and pretend to be her brother, Alan. So she cuts off her hair. So they're twins. And he also doesn't want to be a knight. He wants to go and study the more oh, magical of 12th night <laughs> kind yeah. of. Um, and so they switch places and she goes off to try and study to be a knight and has all kinds of heroic adventures um, meets a dashing young thief oh of course and helps the prince and it's just awesome I love the series so so much and love Elena as a character
1: hooray oh now there's a saw yes
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John Ted is Sawing
1: the bar now. <laughs> whatever. whatever, fine with me. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Whatever. Um, oh, that's fine. Um, mine is going to be a broken record because all I can think about is one author um, who shaped my life because before that it was really just all Babysitter's Club mm. and mm. Sweet Valley High and Sweet Valley Twins and <laughs> Silverblades. And I think there was a gymnastics one in there, too. I don't know. There was some really good, like, whatever you called that you're supposed to be when you're 12 and reading stuff. And it's all about yeah. girls, like a group of girls who are all group, and they all wear like, different colors. And anyway, <laughs> I was just reading Mindy Kaling's book, her second memoir about, and then how she wanted to dress like Claudia Kishi, but she couldn't <laughs> because she didn't, her parents didn't have enough money. Aww. <laughs> Oh, and also she was reading it in a different in um, too late because like a lot of kendo kishu styles were from the 80s because that's yeah. when the babysitter's quote first came out. Oh. But anyway, hilarious, good times. Um, but I uh, when I hit grade six, for in school we read Rainbow Time, and that was about it. I was done, for my life. <laughs> um, and my mom bought me more actually took me to the store and I bought them myself because I had to buy my own books at that point because okay. I had too many books already. <laughs> um, Such a hard life. And she's like look at this one, it has a dolphin on it and you know <laughs> oh, I feel about dolphins. How nice. do you feel about dolphins? I love dolphins. How do you feel about uh, them? I love them.
0: Sarah, how oh, do you feel about dolphins? I love dolphins. <laughs> Yay, let's be best friends! <laughs> anyway,
1: never done that on the podcast before no, true. um so yes i was really enjoying all of them the original in time has three other books um there was the time trilogy which is, is called something and then there was a, another one like a later sequel where it accepted mm. the time um and then there is the austin family chronicles which is about five books and the one with the dolphin on it um, it's the fourth and it was I think the first book that got to the end and I was just like I can't go to sleep because I'm too I can't deal with what I just read uh, <laughs> yeah. and so yes that would be Ring of Endless Light for anyone who didn't catch on as I name dropped Adam earlier yes it did <laughs> um but yes it is fantastic the, he's also in other books, and the unfortunate named Arm of the Starfish It's a great book mm. if you just, you know, call it something else. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's the author of these five books, Lindsay, for people no. who are
1: deaf? <laughs> <that> already? Nope. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, it would be Madeline Lingle. Yes. Fantastic. And she's also written, she a reads a lot of really great um, adult books as well. Most of them mm. I read. As a teenager, but I read them now, and they are very, very obviously very different to read when you're an adult. Mm. Um, mm. But they are great. Um, a severed wasp and certain women and all sorts of other great ones. Um, yeah, some of which have some World War II stuff in them, so you know. <laughs> Yay! <them. laughs> anyway, you gotta love me that World War II. That's my soliloquy on Battle and Lingle. Yay! And, yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Hooray!
0: Thank Hooray. you for sticking with us. We would love to hear about your favorite children's books or children's authors. We like your recommendations, especially because children's books are really fast reads, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've read any of the books that we've listed, we'd love to know what you thought. Yay!
1: Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, and you can find us on social media at Life Lives for Life. Twitter has a four, the number, and the other ones have a four, and F-O-R. Yeah. And you can go to our website, com. leave mm. a comment, or you can review us and subscribe to all on your podcast app. Yeah. So all, many
2: all, all So many options. So many Hooray!
1: options. Great. Yay. And don't forget to keep careful track of our future podcast numbers.
2: Yeah. See if we can stay good at counting. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll do our. <laughs> yeah, all right. Bye. 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 Bye.